Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 17 An Unwelcome Interruption Two days later, Ivdek announced that an outer station had been hired and that I should prepare to leave the next morning. I was in a grand mood that evening, preparing for fun. Then Estella called to tell me the head of the augurs had requested a chat with me. Nothing could sever a day faster than a chat with Master Gallias. When's he wanting this chat? Tomorrow, if that would suit. Tell him I can see him this evening. Sure, Mr Marcus. The innumerable lights of the palace complex illuminated the first few hundred yards of the route to Gallias's accommodation after which the lesser glow of the temple barracks provided a beacon to aim for. As I walked, the light of the palace gradually grew dimmer, but the path was never in darkness. The night sky was clear and filled with countless stars, and the occasional glint of a satellite or space station. No astral glow compared, however, to the dazzling beauty of Al-Galma, as she hung glittering and crescent-shaped in the sky. The titanic pipelines that traversed her form seemed, from this distance, as fragile as spider threads on a broken silver coin. As I gazed at words, the words of an ancient poem came to me. Al-Galma, top and tail of the sage and story. For a moment, I felt a great sense of empathy and pride for my family and its long and incredible history. But another part of me knew I was staring up at that big ball of rock and metal only to delay walking past a more immediate memento of sage and power. Halfway between the palace complex and the temple of the Queen of the Universe, the land on the left rose ever so slightly, creating a long blimp shape. Around this grassy bulge were granite blocks, metal funnels and great unlit clay lights. Christiana had told me, when I was a little child on my first visit to the peninsula, that this strange convexity of land was a fairy fort. Are there fairies in there now? I had asked. Oh, there are always fairies in there, my father's concubine replied, working away, making magic. Can we go in and see them? I asked with childish enthusiasm. And that wicked old woman, Christiana was always old to me, grabbed my cheek and chortled, 
Oh, I'm sure you'll get to see the fairies at work one day. Let's hope they regard you as a friend, though. Fairies can be a little bit devilish towards visitors that vex them. Pushing the reminiscence away, I hurried past that long, low hillock, the hair on my neck rising with infantile fear. The glow of the temple barracks was stronger now, but brought no comfort. The light only made thicker and heavier the darkness enveloping the cluster of trees beyond the fairy fort. I fought the urge to run towards the barracks from where I could hear scraps of noise, doors opening and closing, voices greeting and farewells as the augurs went about their business, some to rest, others to tend the temple. As I walked, steady-paced, past the shadow-wrapped trees, I caught a glimpse of something pale floating amongst the vegetation, about five feet from the ground. Ice gripped my heart, then just as quickly thawed away and vanished. The chamomile, heroin and lavender fusion I'd inhaled earlier was beginning to do its wonderful work. I smiled at my own foolishness. I had forgotten Gallias and his late night perambulations. As he stood amongst the trees, Gallias's bent body was indistinguishable from the shadows, his waxen bald head floating like some terrible apparition. Slowly the old and twisted master of the augurs walked towards the path the darkness slipping from him as he drew nearer to me. His trembling right hand clenched the top of a walking stick. His cape of office, interwoven as it was with the black-green carapaces of a once rare, now extinct, beetle, dully reflected the glow of the temple barrack lights. I waited as eon-long seconds passed, An inch by inch, the venerable Gallias came closer to me. When only a few feet separated us, he stopped to take a deep rasping breath, then resumed his painful steps, talking now as the space between us diminished. You look troubled, Excellency, he said. There was a hint of a faint, ugly gurgle bubbling beneath his words. Has the fairy fort been bothering you? He continued. You should knock it down, or fill it in, perhaps turn it into a museum. At this, he smiled and gave a rasping chortle. Yes, I think that would be something children would find fun and educational. His smile broadened, and his roomy eyes stared at me challenging me to comment. But I just smiled back and said nothing. Gallias was now standing beside me, happy to rest his feet a while, while his mouth kept itself busy. When was the last termination anyway? Seven years ago, if I remember rightly. A drunk lost his job. 
killed his wife and family. And a neighbour or two, just for the crack. <laughs> Dispute over a cheese grater set him off, I think. Or maybe the grater was the murder weapon. My memory is not as good as once it was. Ah well. Why have the fairy fort if all it does is fash you? Use it or lose it. That's what the whores in Stone City say. So I hear. <laughs> Not much fun having the fairy fort sitting there all emptiness and echoes. Use it or lose it, Excellency. Use it or lose it. That's my sage advice. Thank you, Galias, I said, refusing as always to use his formal title, just as he always insisted on using mine. It's always good to have advice from someone with such intimate knowledge of the peninsula's history. By now the master of the augers had swapped his walking stick over to his left hand. With his right he gripped my left arm, his fingernails digging into my flesh. So we walked, I upright, he bent forward and moving from side to side with every step, as if carrying some massive invisible weight. The last time that indifferent intermination pit was used, I said, giving the fairy fort its proper name was indeed seven years ago, but it was later discovered the drunk was innocent. His wife's brother was a killer. Her husband simply a grief and alcohol adult patsy. Ah, nodded Galias. Such things happen. But perhaps it was a blessing in disguise. What kind of wife would the poor fellow have had with all his loved ones dead, eh? Eh? So all turned out for the best. But his brother-in-law was allowed to live, I hear. Shameful. Your Excellency, shameful! He was sentenced to hard labour. Out in the asteroid belt. He died of radiation sickness two years ago. Good, declared Galias. A good, long, painful death. That's all those bastards deserve. The old man spat but there was no force in it and the spittle landed on the greeny-black shells of the long, dead insects. As for the murder weapon, I said, an axe was used, not a cheese grater. I believe you may be getting a little confused with one of the innovations that Christiana introduced to the rendition and termination process. Galias gleefully beat the ground with his stick. That's correct, Your Excellency, he said. Oh, she was a one, that woman. You should have treated her with more respect, Your Excellency. She was frail when you returned, but still so animated with ideas and visions for the peninsula and for all the sagent territories. By now we were standing in front of the first of the barracks. I turned to look down at Galias. His eyes were damp. Whether from age or so, I could not tell. The master of the augers struggled up two steps and opened the barrack door, releasing a warm scent of vanilla and oranges. 
Please call in your excellency, he said, his voice softer now, wistful even. There is much we need to discuss. Thanks for listening to the latest chapter of Marcus Marcus and Hurting Heart. Be sure to tell all your friends, family and ancient enemies about the story. If you like it, rate it, review it, pass on the word and subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Player or your favourite podcast app. Drop me a line on Twitter at Havering Rab. And if you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, rabfultonstories.weebly.com.